Hello and welcome to Shitty Christian's 100th episode. We did it, baby. That's right. I'm your host, Zachary Allard. And I'm Michael Tabor. And we're here on our centennial. That's right. We are so fucking old. (laughs) We're definitely older than when we started this podcast, but spiritually, like, so, so much older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I am exhausted. Uh, not from this podcast, just from everything else ha- that has happened since we started this podcast. It's crazy when I think about our first episodes, as I like went back and like looked through all of our 99 previous episodes. Mm-hmm. And it was wild <laughs> to consider how different the world was when we began. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, I was sort of wondering, I was like, is there any way in which the world has gotten better? And I decided to put that thought away. Yeah, don't, don't contemplate. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Do not do that. Our friendship has gotten ever more deep. That's and, true. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. I like that for us. That's it. Uh, that might literally be it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to this week's celebratory. Yeah, that's uh, right, baby. Uh, mm-hmm. Episode of Shitty Christians. Because I, you know what actually I'm going to say? The world has gotten worse. We've gotten better. That's right. In every way. Fine wine, baby. Open us up and decant us. We are, we are just here. We are getting better with age. We're better podcasters. Oh, we're definitely better podcasters. (laughs) Low bar, but we have improved. We're better people. Okay, we're worse people, but Uh in a fun way. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to do this episode. I am also really excited. We have for you today a dive into the question bucket. We put out the call for our listeners to send us questions, and uh, some of them followed through. So we we have some questions to get to. Here's the thing, though. I'll say... We've spent 99 hours talking at these people. Yeah, yeah. What, what else could you possibly what want? What other questions are there? Yeah. You know. Everything that you could ask, you know. They would like to know less about us, <laughs> So, yeah, we're going to spend this this time just sort of doing a look back, looking back at some of the highs and mm-hmm. lows, mm-hmm. Uh, answering some questions, some pod-related, mm-hmm. some personal. Uh, but first, Zachary, you know how I love a uh, completely off-topic opening bit. Yeah, a cold open. It's a classic thing. It's we love sitcoms. Classic. We love a good sitcom. Come on. And uh, I watched one of the best movies I have seen in recent memory. Was it, you know, the 400 blows? Mm-hmm. What, you know, was mm-hmm. it, um, was it, you know, one of... Uh, it was fireproof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was it fireproof? You know, was it one of the Oscar winners from last year? Drive my car, a three-hour meditation on friendship and longing. Mm-hmm, pig. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was Magic Mike. <laughs> I fucking love Magic Mike. It fucking rules. It's so good. I tried to have you watch it for years. Okay, listen, listen, <laughs> Zachary. You are a creature of media. If I watched everything you told me to watch, I wouldn't have time for anything else. I have exquisite else. taste. I'm not denying that. I'm saying that all you have is exquisite taste. And sometimes I got to do other things, buddy. No, you, no. Okay, we live together. <laughs> and you're starting Zach's our like, 100th extremely episode <laughs> by lying. <laughs> uh, Magic, yeah. So you watch Magic Mike. I watched Magic Mike and I, I was just blown away. One, uh, the stripping, incredible. Just oh, it's so good. Absolutely. I, I yeah. dream of living in a world where this is just every strip club. Like the choreography. Yeah, so cool. Uh, really, really special. The props. There mm-hmm. were so many good props. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed just how much fun <laughs> they were having. And especially because the actual movie, the plot of the movie mm. is extremely naturalistic. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sundberg does this sometimes, but like really going down the, like, Improved like dialogue scenes, mm-hmm. like just very, very, very naturalistic. So they then jump to these moments that are supposed to be fantasy. You know, it's yeah, 
a male stripping review. It is, and they talk a lot about how they're supposed to imbibe these fantasies for mm. these these you know largely women in the crowd. Uh, but like, man, do they fucking nail it? And there's just so much love poured onto the screen for all of those scenes. Uh, I just got so much out of that. And then there's like an actually good movie. Like <laughs> the romance is one of the better romances I have seen on screen. Yeah. Like like people grow. There are arcs. People change. Channing Tatum is a really great romantic lead. Uh, yeah. I, I So maybe we should lead in with like uh, how this came to be, how this yes. happened. Uh, so me and my wife got the booster, uh, like right before the weekend, uh, it didn't knock me out too bad. It knocked her out a little bit worse. So the next day she was in bed basically all day, like on the couch, Mm -hmm. watching movies all Mm -hmm. day. And so she went on a journey of films (laughs) while I was off at work, uh, starting with 10 things I hate about you. I fucking love classic. Very, very good. Uh, I think jumping from that to Save the Last Dance. Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, I think following the Julia Stiles mm-hmm. train. Sure. So I came home nearing the end of Save the Last Dance, and she was like, I'm feeling this dance movie. Like, how do you feel about watching Step Up? And I was like, nice. We can watch Step Up, but only if we follow it up with Magic Mike. <laughs> because Strong. if I'm starting with the Channing Tatum dance movie, I need to finish with the best Channing Tatum yeah, dance, yeah. dance the, movie. The ultimate Channing Tatum um, So yeah, we watched both of those movies back to back. And let me tell you, it was really nice after watching Step Up, which is an enjoyable film in its yeah, own right. Like absolute cotton candy, yeah. nothing going on upstairs. <laughs> like the most himbo film of all time. <laughs> However, there's some fun dancing in yeah, there. And especially... Watching the end of Save the Last Dance where the like climactic dance scene is filmed three quarters from the back because Julia Stiles can't fucking dance. Yeah. Uh, it was really fun to see like actual dancers doing things. But then you get to Magic Mike and it's like, oh, the pretense has been dropped. Yeah. We all know why we're here. Mm-hmm. We all know why we're here. <laughs> we're here to see Channing Tatum thrust. And let me tell you, <laughs> Channing Tatum was great. Absolutely a revelation in the movie. Yeah. Had so much fun. However, mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey... I have never believed in a fictional character more <laughs> than I believe that Matthew McConaughey is a 40-year-old stripper in Tampa named Dallas. I'm a huge Matthew McConaughey of fan. Course. Big fan. I love his seasons of True Detective. I love, um, like, the, the McConaissance is something I'm a little bit obsessed Always with. Always here for, yeah. Um He's incredible in bad things pretty much his entire career, actually, even when he was just yeah, stuck even in as rom-com a, even, as, even when he was the Channing Tatum yeah. rom-com himbo... He was killing it. He was, he was an effective good. himbo. And I mean, the man's voice is acting. What was uh, we went and saw that? Uh, oh fuck! The whole he's like actually just a video. That game movie. movie is remains insane, and we should watch it again. Um, what was that called? Serenity. Oh yeah. Serenity is fucking insane. It's from the creator of Peaky Blinders. Is terrible. But and Eastern Promises. He's amazing yeah. in it. Oh, um, my God. I love McConaughey and everything. This is the role he should have won the Oscar for, though. Like, this was... He embodies Dallas. Oh, it was his best role that I've ever seen, including True Detective Season 1, which I love him. <laughs> um, no, it, I mean, it is, though, because it captures everything great about him. He's pure sex, but a little bit of menace. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, that, was, that worked for me so well. The fact that, like, mm-hmm. ultimately he is not a good person. No. And as much as he's going to talk to Channing Tatum about getting some equity, mm-hmm. being a part, at the end of the day, he's going to pull that rug because it benefits him to do so. Because workers are exploited. That's right, baby. It's a story about capitalism. It always is. But yeah, I just got so much out of it. There is a real arc. So um, with Channing Tatum's character, who is now like was the star for a Mm -hmm. long time and still kind of is, but is aging up. He's like 30 now. Mm -hmm. And like 
trying to get the rest of his life going and it's not yeah. going so hot. Uh, and he, he kind of falls for like the new kid's uh, sister and yep. they like clearly have real genuine chemistry, a thing that you don't see in romantic movies a in lot of American the time. In American film ever like, anymore. They are, they are fucking flirting and I am here for it. Yeah. Like it works. It's funny. Yeah. It's genuine. But <laughs> she makes the smart choice. She says, you know what? No, your life is a dumpster fire. And yep. even though I'm kind of feeling you as a person... I can acknowledge that this is not a good world for me to be in and around. So sorry, I'm out. And then he goes back and says, you know what? I'm out too. I have to change. I have to grow. And it's just, it actually works. And then they bone down. It's a great fucking movie. It's a great fucking movie. Why don't, I mean, it's the last time we need to end this bit soon, but American movies don't fuck. American movies don't fuck. Why don't American movies fuck? It's after? so depressing. It it really is a shame uh, that like we live in the worst possible world where like <laughs> we don't have the Hayes Code, but everyone still acts like we do. It, I mean, it is. It's boring to say, but it's capitalism again. I mean, it's why like yeah, it, for some reason, for a, a company, it makes sense to like delete things rather than just release them because of our arcane rules benefit large corporations. It's the same reason they don't fuck because like uh, four quadrant. Yeah, because everyone now is literally a super superhero action figure, like yeah. down to the Ken doll crotch. Yeah. Like Tom Cruise exist. made Magnolia in like two thousand, mm-hmm. where he like at one point is in his underwear swinging his dick around from front of a reporter. Like to imagine be fair, Tom that Cruise now. is the most sexless movie star. Like I've never believed that Tom Cruise sure has ever had. Although sex. risky business, there's a there's a sex appeal in risky business. I mean. But I think that's just eighties movie sex. Movie. Yeah. That's but, okay. Fine. Yeah. Maybe that's what I need. I just need sex in movies. Zach says, bring back eighties movies. Problematic accents. <laughs> uh, people do an Asian face. Zach's here oh. for it. No, but I'm here for the for the sex. All and, right. And so was Magic Mike. And so was Magic Mike. It was. It genuinely was a revelation, both in terms of the quality mm. of the filmmaking. Yeah. And in terms of like, man, these actors are fucking bringing it. And that's a, that's it too. Imagine giving actors interesting roles yeah that would be nice interesting roles like real people who want things damn damn it is actually a story about poor people which never fucking happens there's a moment where like you know channing tatum has been doing the stripping thing for like six years he's been very successful Mm -hmm. and he's really hyped because he managed to put away thirteen thousand dollars over the entire that that like made me wince as someone who is exactly that person yeah and it's like it's totally that he's just like yeah that is like actually the number that would be really meaningful to a dude in that situation it's the perfect number it just they just nail it to the wall it's it's so well done it's a great movie um so everyone, turn off this podcast. Go watch Magic Mike. That's the real takeaway of Shitty Christians episode 100. But I guess if you stick around, we got some questions for you. Sure. All right. So we'll we'll start with probably the most serious one because okay. I, th- I thought it was interesting. Um, so this came from our Discord, and they say that while trashing evangelical stuff has always been super fun, I also sure. liked your mom's episode that talked about what you like about your faith. The question oh. I have for you is how do you see your faith after doing this show, and in what ways has it been affected? That's interesting. It is. It's something we don't talk a lot no. on the pod about our stuff, in part because there are just better sources for that. Of like, course. If you, if, you know, I am, I am a big proponent of liberation theology, but if you want to know about liberation theology and how it applies to politics into your life today, like, go listen to Faith and Capital. It's based. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I love, love what Chase is uh, doing. I love and, like, that podcast. ultimately, 
we are shit talkers. That is that is our role in life. That's like, our skill. Yeah. No. You know, like, I mean, you know, we have a certain amount of, like, education and expertise and other things, but not things that are necessarily interesting for this podcast. Yeah, we are critics. Uh, not necessarily at our core, but it's definitely the skills that we bring to this pod most often. Yeah, okay. for sure. But to answer the question, I do think that my perspective on evangelical, like, theology and culture has changed over the course of this pod. I think when I started... Mm-hmm. I don't know how I would have articulated at the time, but I think in my head, I was a little bit more of a reformer. I was like, Mm, hey, there are good people here, but these things need to change. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I have become an evangelical (laughs) abolitionist having done this pod that like, no, this is this is poison from the ground up that the very basic tenets of this Mm -hmm. theology. And one of the points we made on the show that I think is one of my biggest changes and takeaways from doing this show is that one of the most dangerous things about this theology and culture is that it can take even well-intentioned people and turn them yeah. into villains. Like then, cops. Yeah. Uh, I Well, I, I don't know if I ascribe good intentions to most police officers, Zachary. No, I mean, like, I yeah. I mean, it was just more of a joke than anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so I, I think that, like, genuinely coming to understand that like no no this is like broken from the ground up yeah not just a thing that like we need to we need to address purity culture mm-hmm. and then this will be better and we'll be yeah. more focused on the good parts it's like no fuck fuck all of this like this needs to be destroyed i do think sort of like the u.s state <laughs> looking at it for any length of time you're like oh this is just all bad yeah it's all bad i definitely think like you know it's it's sort of the Anytime you give attention to something at the sort of level of detail that we have given this to, you really see stall rotten all the way through. So I think I, I share that. Um, I definitely think like, you know, we, we, it has made it harder probably to, you know, because our church kind of fell apart right around COVID did, you mm-hmm. know, um, I think it has made it harder for we'll to find a new church. Yeah. And so the compromises inherent in that. Yeah. yeah our last I, church was sort of like more of a compromised space. Where there's it a was lot a of, purple church. Like right. there were conservatives, there were liberals, and then there were a handful of leftists. And I just don't think we'll be in a purple church again. Yeah. I think, <laughs> like, I think one of the major takeaways is like, for me to be part of a church community again, it needs to be consistent with my faith and politics. Of course. So those things have gotten a lot more consistent. I have done a lot more reading of liberation theology since starting mm-hmm. this podcast, and I'm sure. just no longer interested in fighting the battle of whether we should advocate for people or do work to serve the people right. that I think we're called to serve. Like, I'm just not not going to spend time bickering totally. about whether we should be nice to homeless people in a church setting anymore. Yeah, and things like queer issues, et cetera. Yeah, it's so, just not going to happen. I, I, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, in a good way, limits our horizons on that front. For sure. Uh, I also think that I've become more aware of the ways in which my thinking was still influenced by an evangelical culture and thought. Mm-hmm. That, like, I certainly, by the time we started this podcast, had sort of made the, like, choice to be like, no, I did fuck all of this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... You don't always realize the way in which it's still in your head. I mean, this is the entire way we were both raised. And and definitely sort of doing this podcast and investigating these things, there have definitely been moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, I think that's still in me in some way. Mm -hmm. Not in like the bigotry and the homophobia and all that stuff. No, that's for me. (laughs) (laughs) But but just in the like, I don't know, uh, at least for me, like some of my conceptions around what people are and like uh, have definitely changed a lot over the course of this podcast. For the better, I would like to think. 
Yeah, I definitely think there's been a bit of sort of self-deprogramming, which has been our entire adult life anyway, so it wasn't like that insane of a thing. Yeah, we were starting several steps into the process, but yeah. it's definitely helped sort of continue or perhaps even complete that process. Yeah, I think it's all I have to say on that. All right. Um, all right, this one's a little more fun. Best concert, colon, Christian and I'm going to say secular because it's funny. I Best secular anything, concert. Exactly. anything secular. It's so Sometimes good. I just do it randomly. Always funny. Arrested Development. Now this, you know, teach me the ways of the secular flesh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the best jokes in that, in that show. Uh, I think this is a fun one. Let's start with Christian though because we are, after all, a Christian podcast. Do you have one? To, I, can, I can start if that's helpful. Why don't you start? Okay. So there's a few for me that are like high <laughs> I think there. you actually saw more. I didn't go to a ton of Christian concerts, unfortunately. I, uh, so I got really into music around like age 11, 12, but because I grew up in an extremely evangelical culture, it was all really, so DC Talk was my first album So jealous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was Welcome to the Freak Show on cassette. Damn, cassette. That CDs were already like the main thing at that point, but the cassette was like $2 cheaper. Yeah. And I was like, I have a cassette player. I don't give a shit. So I got it on cassette. Uh, That's awesome. My first concert was delirious oh burlap to cashmere burlap to cashmere is such cut. a pull it's a deep cut but i it's really a good band name too it's a good band name and i actually still like that album i yeah, think they course. only did one uh but it you know it, it, burlap to cashmere it's, it's it's just i kind of like burlap yeah. to cashmere. and then jars of clay dc talk oh so that's an incredible me, lineup as a kid who's like dc talk was my beatles uh to the point where i think i mentioned this on the pod before on Welcome to the Freak Show, they cover a Beatles song. It's like their intro. They do help for like 30 seconds. And my mom was like, oh, I recognize that song. That's the Beatles. And I was like, no, it's fucking not. Like, <laughs> how dare you, mother? How dare you impugn the artistic credibility of decent Christian talk? I mean, having kids sucks. <laughs> Can you imagine your child being like, nuh-uh, for the most famous band that has ever lived? Yeah, that's where that's I was at. in fucking sufferable. <laughs> I was the worst. There is no denying this. I was immediately like put my kid in a bathtub and start pouring but pouring yeah water. no it was an incredible concert this was just after they released supernatural but they did a whole bunch of their early stuff mm-hmm. at one point they played they didn't actually play the song but they played the intro music to the first song on their first album like they're they're yeah. just self-titled album where they're doing fully like crap rap and it's and me and my best friend at the time daniel just freaked the fuck out because we were like oh they're playing the deep cuts they're playing the deep cuts it was such a like highlight i bought a hat and wore that hat for like the next two years of my life fuck yeah so that was that was a pretty good intro uh christian concert but i also i gotta say cornerstone not the like big cornerstone, but for like a few years, they did a cornerstone on a field in some farmland in North Carolina. And that was so <laughs> fun and such a fucking train wreck because they had none of the things you need. Not unlike Coachella today. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. just completely over impacting the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, there weren't showers, the bathrooms, <laughs> there weren't enough of them. But like I got to see Under Oath play at like the side tent. Oh my God. I got to see Derek Webb do a Bible study. Uh, Derek Webb. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, that was like a spiritual experience. I got to see Cool Hand Luke, another Christian deep cut. I still kind of really love like. Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke had some good vibes. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for Cool Hand Luke. Uh, and just so many of the like new rock kind of pre-scene era Christian rockers. Um, 
and that was like a really fun time because that was like three or four days like that we were like camping good, that sounds like a good time it was a good time i was like dragging my like quasi girlfriend to like christian metal <laughs> shows and like genuinely like, people were getting hurt like nice. i'll say this for christian metal kids like they have no chill because they need this to be the yeah, realest thing yeah. ever. They need mm. this to be as hardcore as all the actually metal music. Mm. So like that mosh pit was fucking insane. I've been to a lot of metal shows yeah, since yeah. then. We've where the been mosh to real pits, metal shows Yeah, together. we've been to metal shows together where the mosh pits are a good time because everyone knows the rules and no yeah. one's actually there to hurt people. No, of course. The Christians though, the Christian teams were there to cause damage. Like people ended up in the <laughs> hospital. It is not a joke. They had to prove their point. Yeah, they, 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 had, they had something to prove. Which is cute. So yeah, that for me, those are like two of the highlights of Christian music. Can I uh can I confess something? Yeah. I think I've been to one Christian concert in my entire Damn. life. Because I was so poor. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think I the Jars of Clay Cabin's call show nice. I think is the only show I've ever been to. I, mean, if you're I do will one. say at Six Flags is yes. the perfect detail of that. And we're sitting on like bare concrete. Of course. You it's are. like it's a uh I woke up recently. It's just like a, you know, it's like the Hollywood yeah, it's Bowl. A, it's just a stage. It's not an amphitheater. It's, it's just a, a stage in the middle and of it's like. Just, you're just sitting on bare concrete and there is nothing above you. And I, just, I mean, like, I was like 13 or 14, just like just melting. Getting heat. Just stroke. melting at Six Flags over Texas. Oh, so good. And outside, I think in fucking Arlington, which, for those of you who have not been in the suburbs of Dallas, it's the worst place in the world. It's the worst place in the world. I would rather drive across all of LA at rush hour than drive through Dallas damn it's it's worse that is that is damning to it's say. worse uh that's the only christian concert i've ever been to you know what? i've talked about it on this pod before yeah if, if you're gonna have one i think that's a pretty it's good a one. pretty funny one yeah. and i think the six flags detail as a real real element of like yeah that's a thing that christians no, i was do. talking with we a just f- pop up places it's awkward i was talking with a friend i i didn't go to disney until i was like 28 Nice. I was a Six Flags kid because we didn't have any money. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, I love about Six Flags is like the rides are pretty good. And then there's the added tension of you could get stabbed at any point. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> maybe, I don't know if we talked about this on the pod before or not, but I am a Six Flags supremacist. Like, oh, of fully. course. I love Six like, Flags. This is not a t- to take it down. Yeah, no, at no, all. no. I'm just saying, like, I don't give a fuck about your theming. Get the yeah. fuck out of here with that. Don't I, don't, I don't need it, Disney. Mm. I don't need it. There's mm. 5,000 people standing <laughs> between me and seeing anything interesting anyway. I'm here for the fucking roller coasters mm-hmm. and six flags delivers man we've definitely talked about this before on the podcast i remember saying we should go to six flags i like six flags we, we should still go we to should, six flags. we should go to six flags it's like an hour away all right uh best secular concert there's a lot yeah because we spent our entire adult lives going to for sure to secular music do you have yours handy yeah 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 okay. uh so some things that spring to mind um so when i was in college i worked at the college radio station yes. and so we did a lot of house shows and it was like a weird like one of the last colleges that actually mm. had a terrestrial like radio yeah. that like reached into the like Sacramento area and down mm. towards the bay. So we could get some pretty fucking cool bands. Like we got brands from like New Zealand and Australia to come play in You're Davis, an California. Line up there for a while. Um, so some of the most fun, uh, eventually me and a bunch of other DJs got a house to do house shows in. Yeah. It was it was absolutely by the end of the year it was rat infested. Like we had Davis tree rats that would just like at one point I opened up my oven and there were three rats that had made a nest in the oven. Like it was it was definitely that thing. Uh but 
like Mac DeMarco played our house is like the first show. And like That's such an insane thing. Yeah, I like Mac DeMarco. Of course, but Mac makes let me just say charming music. Incredibly nice people. I yeah. still uh like DM with his drummer sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. just had so much fun and we briefly named our house the Fuck Dungeon. Incredible. And so we had a poster, Mac DeMarco live at the Fuck Dungeon. Uh and yeah, yeah it was just a really good time, just a really solid mm. way. Like this was like right before he was headlining festivals. So it was right. just like he played our house and then three months later he's like up on main stages at festivals and it's bizarre. Yeah, it was it was wild. I assume it was wild for him. But it, he was they were all of them were absolute mentions to like they spent mm. the night, we made food, it was a really good time. So that was a really fun show. Uh also Death Grips played like their third show ever right. at another uh, house in Davis, the Davis Anti Music House, which had been—I don't think it had been condemned, but it was getting torn down. <laughs> so, like, it, it was one Davis of the lo- is like Chapel Hill. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, the quality, surprisingly good music scene yeah. for the area. And so, yeah, that had been one of the longest running, sort of kept it in the KVS family, like house show mm. houses. Mm. And it was one of the last shows played there before they finally shut it down forever. And like literally they had put out guillotine like the week before. That's amazing. And we had played it on air. Yeah. And it got, you know, an insane response. Of course. And so it was insanely packed and some of the wildest energy I have <laughs> ever, ever experienced. Yeah. Like this side of like brawling with Nazis in Sacramento, like right. it was the craziest show I have ever been to and an absolute blast. But also, like, LA's got some good music. We saw Earl, Earl Sweatshirt. That's one of my, like... That was a spiritual experience. You and I had so much fun that that show. That was one of the best times I've ever had. We drove out to fucking Pomona. Yeah, yeah. So those of you who don't live out here, it's like an hour east of LA in the middle of the desert. Yeah, it's it's a nowhere space, but they've got, like, one really good venue that brings in some good stuff. I like that venue. Yeah, the Glass House. And, like... It was just, it was a good time. Incredible. Like, he brought so much heat. Yeah, to that show. was like right before he released. Oh, fuck, I'm not going to be able to remember which well, album it was. His last record. But like after he'd sort of gotten past mm. uh, the the odd future like stage. And yeah, it was like, coming back. You know, he had, his, he had his dreads. He was doing his thing high as a motherfucker and still nailing every line. Like, that show was so God fucking damn, good. that was a really good time. Uh, similar JID with Saba. That might be mine, like, at least number one in L.A. Yeah. Because I love both those artists so much. Oh, my God. And, like, the energy that that brought. Uh, like, we saw didn't we, we saw J.I.D. and then we went back to see yeah. on the same tour. We saw him on the same because tour. Because he had Saba himself. with him. Yeah. And we were like, fuck yeah, let's go I again. I love Saba, yeah. And, uh, and it was incredible both times. Both those. And the thing is, J.I.D. always just does an incredible set. Yeah, that was also, like. Because that was DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. Too. That was, oh, God. That was such and a that good record time. is top to top to bottom like jams. Yeah, and then Peggy, we saw Peggy. Yeah, uh, right before COVID, it was like our last show before COVID, and that had one of the wildest mosh pits that I've was, like, ever been. Crazy energy. Peggy's like, like five four, yeah, and like just just cut insane, and just like spitting in people's mouths, running around in the crowd. Yeah, and he just dropped cornballs, mm. and it was like everyone already knew all the words. Like <laughs> it was just fucking nuts. I. That was one of the shows that I got in the mosh pit. It's always really fun to be like the 30-something white dude in the mosh pit. Because you're surrounded by like teens of color. And they're all just like, why is grandpa here? (laughs) They're all just extremely (laughs) concerned about the 30-year-old white dude in the workwear. Uh, It's great. uh, But at one point, I slipped. 
in that mosh pit mm-hmm. and the largest man that has ever existed <laughs> just lifted me up like it was nothing like i have never it was again we're talking about spiritual experiences yeah. that was just like before i hit the ground mm-hmm. he grabbed me and just gracefully picked me yeah. up and placed me back up and i was like good looking out man and he just nodded and then we went back to moshing really hard and it was super duper fun but yeah i've been to a lot of metal shows that did not compare like Metal shows in LA kind of suck. I've been to a couple, and it's it's, it's very the much scene. the like standing around. Yeah. But rap shows in LA, I fucking are so fucking live lit. for rap shows in this town. I can't wait till I one know. one day I know. we will be back. We're going back one day. One day it's happening. One day it's gonna be worth it. We're just no gonna like, like we're just gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. Once once the monkeypox merges with the COVID mm. and the super virus, and it just becomes it. like. Well, which show do you want to die for? It's, it's just, yeah, it's fine. It's going to happen. Yeah, no, like, I didn't go to Saba earlier this year because yes. because of COVID. But one day we're going to go back, and I can't wait for that day. Um, I feel like I have to say a shout-out here to Montreal. Aww. I saw Montreal, like, five times. I need to see them again. On the, I don't think I've seen them on the West Coast. They always put on, like, even when they, they haven't made a good record in years. <laughs> like, I love a lot but of the energy is really good. But they put on an insane live yeah, show. Yeah, you, you're high, you really hit that, like, indie era uh-huh. really hard. I did. I saw a ton of stuff from yeah. New Pornographers of Montreal. I do really like the New Pornographers. I love it. Seeing them live was incredible, because yeah. Nico, Nico Case was there, too. And they just fucking yeah, put no, on a like, ninety-minute like, show. Like, let me put on my white boy hat because I love me some new pornographers. It, they make good music. <laughs> no, I think. I mean, I think of Montreal. I mean, I you know, Iron and Wine has kind of reached a whatever point. But like after Shepherd's Dog, I saw oh, him, yeah. I saw him play, and that was pretty cool. That is definitely some peak Iron and Wine. Um, I saw I saw all that like arts indie stuff at the yeah. time, and it was it was really fun. Yeah, totally. Like I don't even listen to it much anymore, but it was a good time. Oh, shout out also to my first hip hop show. I saw. Black Alicious. I was not. Alicious, yes. And it was really good. No, I mean, that's just a funny pull. I haven't yeah. thought about Black Alicious in fucking forever. I was just starting my hip hop journey at mm-hmm. college, and somebody mm-hmm. was like, hey, show up to this. And I did. And it was it was a good time. Talk about, like, you know, having seen a fair number of hip hop shows, yeah. like, some people are great because it's just a really good time. And some people are great because they actually bring the technical proficiency. And Black Alicious just nailed it just seeing him do all his shit chemical calisthenics live just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fuck that that was good that seems like oh a we good saw one. run the jewels together run the jewels i've right seen him a handful of times yeah i've seen him a couple of times but we saw him right after three when they had all of the guests on the album there that, and that was, was really fun. i went and mo- i don't always mosh as much as michael does but i went into mosh yeah. in that show and like and they let uh zach de la roca close out the show yeah that was sick that was with sick. his lines from two and i gotta say one of my favorite yeah. favorite moments i thought i might die and, and but like it was the it moment. was really fun yeah you can't keep me out of a mosh pit i will be there <laughs> like that was one of the coolest that i, was I have crowd surfed in entirely too many houses and i'm glad you were there for that one that, that was, was yeah once in a while, the energy's right. Yeah. When the mood sets when, when, right. When the spirit moves you, Zach. That really is what my, it's just like, I'll wait. And it's just like, all right, let's go. All right, we got to move forward. We spent too much time <laughs> talking about it. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, if you could change one thing about evangelical culture, which is a hard question because you really can't change one thing. You have to change everything. I think it's the sexism, right? Yeah, that's definitely a big one. It's the lady shit. There's so many ladies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went a different direction <laughs> than sexism, which is perhaps problematic. Wow. Uh, for me, the one thing that evangelicals could do as someone who's completely divested from yeah. this culture, I need them to change the music mm. because one... <laughs> It's important to me. One, it's so goddamn bad. It's just the worst fucking shit you've ever heard. Like, all that Hillsong garbage. Mm -hmm. Just absolutely interminable. But two, 
it makes me cry every time. Yeah. Like, I am hardwired to fair. respond to CCM worship music. And it, I am not okay with the fact that somebody puts on God of Wonders and I'm sobbing. Like, it just makes me very uncomfortable that this is a part of my life I can't control. Like, <laughs> you are holy. <laughs> and, like, it's, I'm not okay with it, so yeah. I need them to stop. Like, That's interesting. Yeah. It's just, please, please change it up. Go back to the hymns, whatever. I don't care. I want them to make more movies. I want them to make yeah. more media. Yeah. I mean, Kirk Cameron releasing that new vehicle. I can't wait. I see. I will say I watched the trailer. It looks so fucking boring, but we're going to cover it anyway yeah, because I, Kirk Cameron is our problematic fave. I'm looking forward to it. Speaking of problematic faves, actually. See, I struggle with this one yeah. in terms of... I, cause like, we talked about like, this before the, the pod because all these evangelical figures in particular, like if you're looking at that yeah. world, they're... they're not only are they evil, yeah. they're really banal. Like, it's right. very hard. I have problematic fave far-right figures that are because they're funny or uh-huh. interesting or bizarre or creepy. I actually think Trump is hilarious and interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's I mean, evil. Not a hot he should take. be in prison. You know, it's vi- literally a Twitter meme that, like, it sucks that he's the funniest man in existence. Yeah. But he is undeniably. Milo's Yiannopoulos, I find fascinating. Oh, yeah. As, like, this, like, gay reactionary who's super evil and racist. But... His, the name for his tour remains one of my, in my brain all the time because I think it's an incredible name for a tour, Dangerous F Word Tour. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an insanely great name for a tour as a gay man. And so, like, I have right wing faves, but the evangelicals are never that interesting. Yeah. I think if you're picking one for me, it has to be Mark Driscoll. Again, <laughs> yeah. That's as close as you get. Villain, not saying anything yeah, good no, about these people his theology. Are evil. But he was a poster in the era before mm. posting. Like, he was posting yeah. on his church's meshes board with that, like, <laughs> William Wallace pussified male shit. And I think that so is, like, funny. at least something to hang on to. Yeah. Like, the dude was exercising sex demons. Yeah. Like, he got weird with it. Mm-hmm. And, like, fuck that dude forever. Sure, I hope he dies. And especially now in his, like, khaki era, he has lost all of that, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, swag to begin with. He's become cucked. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> but like I don't know. At least there was some. At least there was something beyond the khaki pants to hate. Yeah, it's just like in terms of evangelical guys, I got nothing else. Yeah, like yeah. those guys are just are so boring. Of, if if we step into like actual faves, like uh, Gaddafi, I love Gaddafi. Yeah. Unironically, extremely based. <laughs> I have nothing bad to say about Gaddafi. Like he <laughs> wanted to create like a United States of like Africa. Yeah, he he was like. Um, he had free public health care, free housing, free college level education for every citizen in his country. Uh, yeah. Like, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell me the supermodel story. This is one of my favorite just anecdotes. Yes. This is from The Guardian. So it's like a <laughs> real publication. Gaddafi hires 200 young Italian women to convert them to Islam. <laughs> Yes. Here for it. <laughs> this is the missionary dating I can get behind. When the hostess agency put the call out for attractive, well-dressed women under the age of 35 and over 5'7", which, by the way, I don't think Duffy was. No, I It was inundated dumb. with responses from hundreds of Roman women. And so basically nothing that interesting happened. He just, like, paid for women to come to the embassy. And he, like... Talked extemporaneously about Islam for a couple hours. Incredible. Pay them and then they laugh. Incredible. Incredible. And it, nothing happened, but it's just so funny. Just it's such so a funny good. bit. No, that's an incredible bit. Like also, the man had so such so swag. Oh, he drip, looks so drip for cool. Days. The sunglasses, yeah. the uniforms. So listen, we're not saying everything was great in Libya under Gaddafi, but I will say that America has only made things so much fucking worse. It, it was vastly better than it is now. Yeah. 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 And so that definitely wins my award for just yeah. like 
Yeah, I stan. I'm sorry. No, like, I like Gaddafi. Yeah. Funny, look cool, took care of his people. Come on. Come on. Come on! He's a cool guy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's my most problematic fave. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> Favorite conspiracy. This is a R- good one. I think it's important here to lay some ground rules. Okay. Because yeah. JFK was obviously killed by an element of the deep state. Yep. Bush yep. did 9-11. Yeah, you can't take those because they aren't conspiracy. Those are just facts. Those yeah, are just like, facts. Like we shot down United ninety three. It <laughs> happened. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that's news to you, but it fucking happened. Like, uh, fucking Cheney stepping out of the like war oh. room uh, in his bunker to just you know go have some phone calls that never got reported on for thirty minutes right around the time the plane went down. I don't know, man. They had a thousand page Patriot Act ready to go like instantly. Instantaneously. Like I'm not saying that Bush literally plotted 9-11. I'm saying that they all knew that a 9-11 mm-hmm. was going to happen yep. and let it happen because they knew it was the best way to build the world they wanted. And then they did that. And then they sent the spores to yeah. Anthrax. Um, They're from American Labs. The only place where they were known to be. Anyway, so those don't count. Yeah. So we can't we can't do the ones that are obviously true. Like, yeah. uh, you know, Epstein Gate. Like, yeah. Like, like Clinton Jeff. kill count. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of just like, what do we find fascinating? Yes. Zach, go ahead. I love Pizzagate. I've mm, always loved Pizzagate. That's a good one. I think it speaks to, it's sort of proto-Q. So it's yeah, important, oh yeah, yeah. obviously. It, it, is, it is absolutely the essence of Q. And it's important to understand the world. And and I, I also just like, I love the particulars of it. In the bottom bottom of like Comet, Comet Ping Pong or Pizza, mm-hmm. or the fuck it's called. They're like eating, like Hillary Clinton has ever deigned to go to a pizza place yeah, in the yeah, last yeah. 30 years. Right? Hillary like, Clinton, the woman that stepped into one normal ass apartment and freaked the fuck out <laughs> is going yeah. to random ass pizza places. This woman eats Ortolan as a snack. Like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, it's not like she would not be eating babies there. Yeah. But I love that it became the focus of this like weird deep state stuff. And I, I, I think it's important to understand the American psyche and I love how it ends. Mm-hmm. I love the man that went there. I think he's a deeply tragic figure. He went in with a gun. He blew it open. He went down, and then he surrendered yeah, to authorities. He, he didn't, sh- he didn't he shoot stopped. anybody. Yeah, and, and I, I think that yeah, it's I, like the last time that that element of the reactionary yeah. right cared if the shit was real or not. Right, because like, he did. He actually thought something bad was happening there. And right, he wanted to be a genuine hero. And everything that's come since has yeah. just been about like lying and and the fact that it doesn't yeah. exist doesn't matter at all. But like for him. He, he really thought he was going to yeah. stop something terrible. And that is kind of tragic. And I'm glad he didn't hurt anyone. I've thought about, I, I would never actually do it for various reasons at this point. I don't think it'd get made. But like making a movie about that guy, I think would be really interesting. Like, mm, I think that's, like a, uh, what's the Clint Eastwood security guard thing? Yeah. Yes, you can do. Richard Jewell. Yeah, you could do your Richard Jewell I, I on, on the Pizzagate guy. I think he's kind of my Richard Jewell. Damn. I think about that guy a lot. He's uh, from North Carolina. Interesting. I yeah. didn't know that. Um, for me, it's got to be Flat Earthers. I fucking, oh, I fucking love flat earthers. They like, I think what I love about that is the obsession with the science of it for yeah. something that is so basically <laughs> anti-scientific. Like I love Q as like, I, again, I think when we talk about understanding the American yeah. psyche, like we, we are living in the Q verse. Like oh, everything Q, is Q yeah. now. Like mainstream conservative politics are just Q right. shit dissipated. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But like pizza or flat earthers just, their dedication to the texts, yeah. uh, <laughs> the fact that they like will do all of these things, mm. charting flight plans mm. and making their own maps, and the fact that there's a lot of them, that they have conferences, yeah. like, like that they get together to talk mm. about this, 
And while obviously flat earther shit is a gateway into a lot of other conspiracy shit and leads sure. you to some very dark places very, very quickly, the fact that it is fundamentally innocuous, that there is nothing inherently <laughs> like soul destroying about it. The way like Q will destroy your soul. There's oh, yeah. no way to be it's built for a that. Q acolyte without becoming yeah. a monster. But like conceptually, you can be a flat earther and mm. just go through life being a decent human being who just happens to believe <laughs> that the earth is flat. And while it clearly leads into all this other bullshit, and I don't want to like make it seem like it's not a problem because it's connected to all these really problematic things. I don't know. It's just, there's something so sweet about a bunch of middle-aged men getting together to like gas each other up about, about their theories. And I just, right. you know, we're living in an air er- the bowling alone era. Everything's every, all the public spaces are dying. And I don't know. I just, I think it's like the new trains hobby. Like it's just, Aww. yeah. There's just these guys are just really into their thing, and the fact that it's completely ridiculous doesn't doesn't enter into it. I agree. I find it like humbling in a good way mm-hmm. because it's a reminder that like people can know so many things. You know, we can we can blow up cities, yeah. we can go to the moon, whatever. You can literally, when you fly, see the curvature of the earth. Yeah, by yeah, the way, yeah. um, if you like, it's it's pretty apparent. If you listen to the lamestream media, Zachary, <laughs> right, or look out the window. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. My eyeballs I, are NBC. <laughs> I love that, like, it's just like, you know, uh, I looked this up. Uh, a guy named Eratosthenes looked it up in 240 BC. You can just, like, measure shadows and yeah. know the Earth is round. But I love that, like, it's just like, it's, like, humbling for me that, like, but the Earth seems kind of flat. <laughs> like, it's just like, at the end of the day, we're sort of sheep who trust our senses. And, like, that's all we're good for. Yeah. We're just kind of children. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, it's like, it's humbling for me to remember, like, yeah, we, we were sort of, like, we're very limited creatures. Yeah. It is. It's a very interesting thing. Okay, you ready for this one? Probably not. Most cringe dating moment. I, I mean, come on, guys. The podcast is only an hour to an hour and a half. Like, we don't have time for this. Uh, I'll give you a ch- chance to think about it. I've got a few that would qualify. <laughs> Michael's out here dating multiple people. Wow. Uh, well, most of my cringiest moments are actually the, like, not actually dating it's yeah. the, like the the sort of around dating like one i'll just throw out was there was so i was not a popular kid in high school i know this is going to be a shocker <laughs> to all of our listeners huge revelation i know who just as a bastion of cool now mm. it's hard to even conceptualize mm. that i was actually very shy and uh you know talk about evangelical brain programming also didn't ever think good things about myself sure. ever because yeah. that was bad that was sinful yes so like i really took the calvinism to heart that like you were a bad person and should feel bad about yourself so i, I just yeah not not spitting a lot of game in the high school <laughs> just, era you were in your tucker max but, era uh, in high school but looking back <laughs> i definitely had a little more game than i was aware of okay there were okay, girls that right. expressed interest in ways that i was just completely unaware of so there was one girl that was in my english class was kind of feeling it uh and i ended up inviting her to a youth group event <laughs> Uh, and not only a youth group event, this was like a second youth group that I attended for a while. That Wait, was... you attended two youth groups? We don't have to talk about it. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and this was like, this was like youth group for like the edgy, the problem kids. And like, I was asked to attend as sort of like an evangelical figure oh to my this gosh. community of like troubled teens. And so like, this, so this girl's just trying to hit it, right? Like, like she was yeah. pretty open in the end about like what her motivations were i, drag I respect her to this that thing. we say, no totally props to her for being on women do this more but i was still <laughs> blissfully unaware of this at the yeah. moment so i drag her to this like 
kind of hardcore youth group and she sits through I'm not joking, like 90 minutes of sitting in the lim- living room listening to like Hellfire and Brimstone nonsense. Amazing. And just fucking like... Just to get laid. This poor just girl. Just trying to get laid. And like, then I drop her off afterwards and that was the last time she ever expressed interest That's in me. That's so good. Like, I was, it was, I'm so happy. It was so funny that I just ruined her lib- libido with youth group. Can I, can I just say, like, I think about this constantly, like the incels. Uh-huh. Who are like, women will never have sex with you. Women only want chads yeah. women have no sex and it's just like guys women are out there every day trying to just get laid like yeah, what is they, wrong with you they're trying to do two things get laid and not get murdered doing it so like, that's it, all they want yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hierarchy of needs uh it is it is really really funny uh to incels are a whole other thing we oh i know i know right, but it's just like i think about that constantly like women are out there trying yeah man. W- women be horny guys women be horny <laughs> Let me, let me tell you guys, this, this is a real revelation from a 30-year-old, 30-something <laughs> cishet white man. Women be horny. Women be horny. Uh, uh, I mean, it kind of is a revelation. There was a time I almost joined a cult for a girl. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and now I've talked about this before. My quasi-dating pre-courtship three-and-a-half-year yes. high school yes. relationship uh, that ended nearing the time that she joined a house church that had some extremely culty energy. But, like... I attended the house church mm-hmm. on multiple occasions right. and like really contemplated if this was like a thing I could believe. And this was like a deeply theological thing for me at the time. Mm. But looking back, I'm just like, man, I really wanted to make this work. Uh, almost you, willing to join a cult to make this work. Not quite as it turns out. But uh, yeah, that was funny. Li- I wonder how your life would have turned out. Also, same girl that wrote me a letter after our first kiss, which was 2.5 years into our pre-courtship <laughs> after the homeschool prom... <laughs> So we kissed after the homeschool prom because I was a cool kid in high school. And then she wrote me a letter saying that she really enjoyed it, but that we probably shouldn't because it makes Jesus sad. Yeah, and true. Uh, props to her. You know, she was she was on the right track with that. Uh, <laughs> also hilarious. I then got feedback from her best friend being like, so you use tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine getting a note session. Yeah, that was... Listen, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought you were supposed to use tongue. I didn't know. I didn't know. It was my first kiss. Yeah. No, there's never been a good first kiss. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah, I forgive myself. I... So, I've, like... I think it's fair to say neither of us have dated a ton of women. Outed. (laughs) Damn. Uh, I mean, you're married. And... I uh, tend to be in extremely long relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach, Zach definitely is an imprinter. Uh, so, like, if I tend to, like, get to a point where we're going out, we're going out forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is going to exist until the heat death of the universe. Basically, like... Or the lady wises up. Yeah, I would know. Yeah, right. The, the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember I was in grad school and just having this conversation this young woman we were the same age i was in grad school she was undergrad but she had skipped two years because mm-hmm. she didn't volunteer yeah. so we were the exact not same a age. problematic age gap zach I wants mean, to make it very not clear that, not that two years would have mattered but like anyways we were the same age i thought we were vibing we were chatting we were chatting we were chatting i uh she I, it doesn't matter but i worked in the dean's office so she went in to like talk to her dean and she came back out and i was like hey we should you know like get a uh-huh. drink sometime or something and I have never seen somebody backpedal so hard. Oh, no! Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and I was like, it's it's okay. She's like, no, I work at uh, this, the, there's this local bar. At the tombs, you can come by. It's just like, 
lady, just like, it's fine. Just it's fine. Say no. Uh-huh. It's okay. <laughs> like my That's it. tough though when you're like shooting your shot. I'm the one like having to make her feel yeah, better yeah, for yeah. some you're reason. You're like comforting her. You're like, no, I understand. I'm a <laughs> trash person. You're making the right call, honey. Good for you. Prioritize so yourself. So funny. Yeah, I mean, if we're getting into like girls I was crushing on that wanted sure. nothing to do with me, that's a long list. We don't have time for that. But yeah, uh, as far as cringe <laughs> dating moments, those are up there for sure. That's a good question. All right, worst place you've ever lived? See, because I've moved all. Yeah, like, I don't really have an answer for this because I've lived like four places yeah, in my yeah, life, yeah. and they they all had various levels of value to me. Oh man, I think Conway, Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck fucking... you, Conway. This is an anti-Conway podcast. All right, Has, tell me why. Like a town of like forty thousand people. That's bigger than I would have thought when you said Conway, Arkansas. Maybe smaller. But I lived there as a child, and there were, like, 70 churches. Yeah. There was, like, a church for every person in that town. Mm -hmm. And it was just appalling. I think it was a dry county. You know? Like, it was just, like... tough. It was just so old school. (laughs) Like, which is not normally a thing. How old were you when you lived there? I was, like, 12. Okay. Yeah. And so... And we didn't live there for very long. Like, old enough to want things to do. Anything. Anything. I don't think I had a single friend. Mm, I don't think yeah. I had one friend in Conway. Yeah. Um, I'll say this for church. I never would have had friends without church. Like, yeah, and there was like, there were like no I children, never kids was church. good at making friends in school. It was only because I had a group of kids <laughs> my age that I grew up with my entire childhood that I, I ever I knew I had like a friend briefly. I think he was family or anything. Like nothing bad happened. But I have kind of a slightly funny anecdote with that. Yeah. And that just sort of popped into my mind is that like, I remember going to this church. There were no kids there. And there was this one kid that was like homeschooled. And he obviously oh, so you some, know they were yeah, cool. Obviously had some behavioral stuff. He like had ADHD. I would like try to play a game and he could like couldn't focus on it. And that's okay. But I remember once he was like, I have a Playboy, do you want to see it? And I was like, No. <laughs> yeah, like, I never Props did. There's not Props even like a you. there's not even a like I went back later, it's just like, no. <laughs> good for you, man. Like, I was such an innocent. That's very good. Uh I had a Playboy moment where one of my friends found a box of Playboys in the woods, like it's crazy oh to me God, that that happened, like, it would have been, like, late 90s, like, we yeah. were, like, 10 or 11, and, well, maybe, like, 12, but, like, yeah, you think of that as, like, an 80s thing, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. But literally found the box of Playboys and, like, didn't tell me what it was, went mm. to show me, and it's like, come on, we got, I have something to show you, and we get there, and it had already rained a bunch, and they were just, you could not see anything. <laughs> like, I don't know, I think I would have been very conflicted about sure. it at that age. Yeah. I think it's similarly, if he had asked me, I would have said no, but, like... It was just very funny. He's like, yeah, man, come on. I'm really excited. And there's just like nothing. Just just a, a, a messy pile of pulp, which is how I developed my aged magazine fetish. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a very funny. I almost had a Playboy moment, but, you know, nature had other plans. God sent the rains to save me from myself. Good for you, man. All right. We're going to move through, quick through a few of these. Uh, best place to eat in L.A. I thought that was a fun one. What What's your note? I mean, like. I could list like There's 30 so restaurants. The it's city, my favorite thing about I ha- this town. I had town. a friend of mine who was like rich and traveled the world and was in Paris recently say LA is as good as Paris to eat. Like LA really is insanely good. I love LA food because not only is there so much good food and like, but you can go fancy, yeah, but course. you don't have to. The like cheap exactly. food is really good too. Like one of my favorite fucking places 
in LA is Tire Shop Tacos. Oh my gosh. Which is just a little stand. It used to be outside of a tire mm. shop. Now it's outside of a grocery store. The line is always fucking forever long. But they've just got the grandma rolling out the masa, yep. making the tortillas in front mm -hmm. of you. And then just some of the best fucking tacos you have ever eaten for like a dollar or a dollar fifty a, a, a pop. Yeah, so when you, they do the fancy You cabeza, eat like a, it's like a dollar. You can get like six tacos and a giant glass thing of Coke and yes. spend like ten bucks maybe. Like <laughs> if you're trying. It's so fucking good. Just some of the, like. They don't speak English. Oh, absolutely not. And it's amazing. It's very, very fun. Uh, that that place is great. Uh, Soban. Soban. You know, like Bong Joon-ho went there, yeah. who was Korean. After, he went there <laughs> after he won for Parasite. He was like, we're going to Soban, and we are, like, they showed up at 2 a.m. Yeah. and party till dawn. And like, I, it's it's the best Korean food I've ever it's had. Really I had a raw good. crab there once. Yeah, that soy marinated crab. Yeah, it's insane. It's like, so expensive. And insane. We're talking about being willing to die to, like, go see yeah. a concert. I, like... When I near the end of my life, I'm going back to Soban. I'm eating that crab yep. with my shellfish mm. allergy, and I'm dying a happy man. <laughs> That's right, because it would kill you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you said that. I was like, I guess. I mean, it seemed fine when I ate it. I always forget. I literally cannot remember you have a shellfish allergy. Yeah, it's it's an unfortunate part of my life, for sure. That's so I've funny. I've had a really tough life, Zachary. <laughs> I can't eat shrimps. Uh, you have Sujita on here, and I was Sujita literally yesterday. Sujita's so fucking good, man. It's just like noodles and this insane pork broth yeah it's a sukumen style so you dip these thicker ramen mm. noodles into the pork broth that they do for like an absurd number of hours and it's just it is especially like southerners like to claim pork as their own <laughs> they like to be like oh no yeah, we've yeah. got the pork i grew mm. up i grew up north carolina sure. style barbecue throw a little vinegar on that mm. shit love it love it sure, i have course. never seen pork that is done as porky as this broth no like, it's just absurd the essence of delicious, mm. absolutely insane. You get their little hot mustard in there. You get you get some extra limes. Oh, the lime. Oh, it's just fucking that, incredible. And it, it it's fifteen bucks. Yeah, yeah. Right. The raw crab is like forty five. But the fifth that's fifteen it's bucks. Fifteen bucks for like a meal that will could easily be two. Like, oh no, yeah. I ate that yesterday and wasn't hungry till dinner. Yeah, yeah. No, it is it is like fifteen dollars to walk away full. And I would mm. say that's on the pricier end of good Agreed. food in LA. Like Agreed. you don't have to Agreed. spend fifteen dollars to eat great mm. food in LA. Uh, a wash Ethiopian. A wash. I mean, the Ethiopians sounds incredible. Yeah. So there's a little Ethiopia, and I've eaten at most of the places down there. But like, a wash is actually a little further down on Pico. But it is like the most legit. Like, this is a thing in Ethiopian places. They always have a little bar. Sometimes mm -hmm. there's a little market attached, and there are always ancient men watching sports and just oh, going gosh. behind the bar to pour their own drinks. It's and so it's cool. So based. Uh, but a wash is like gotta have the most family vibes mm -hmm. of like clearly the owner is out there like doing his numbers by hand in his little notebook <laughs> and like yeah your food might be ready super fast it might be ready in an hour who yeah. fucking knows it'll be ready when it's ready and it's so good the kitfo oh my god kitfo is you eat with uh um, injera injera which is a which sort is of like flat sourdough oh it's so good and kitfo is it's just raw beef, raw beef clear with clarified butter. Clarified butter and spices. Oh, and it's just incredible. so good. So yeah, think mm. of it like a like a tartare. Yeah. Uh, but just so goddamn good. And then like honestly, they're vegetarian they're they're basically vegan plate, excuse me. Yeah, I mean is, Ethiopian has a ton of great. Which is just like lentils of various yeah. flavors and like their salad. They're red lentils with the palm oil. Oh my god. Fuck the mustard yeah. lentils? Oh, fuck, that's so good. good. Yeah. So good. Uh, and then finally, one of my favorite places <laughs> just for the story. So as I've talked about on the pod before, my wife served in the Peace Corps in Liberia because she is a colonizer and should be. <laughs> uh, 
And so when we came back, there's not a big Liberian community in LA. There, no. there are a couple larger ones in yeah. the Midwest, uh, but there is a very small one in South LA. And at one point there was a Liberian cookout where mm-hmm. they would do it as like, uh, like a fundraiser and they do yeah. these micro loans with the money they raise. And so we found out about this and you just show up at this lady's house you can pre-order your food you can get it there and you can try an assortment of like liberian stuff you can get their jollof rice uh you can get their like what would be street meat in liberia but they're just little skewers of meat and it is so fucking good and the house is a party they've always got a dj there they're like drunk old men just doing their thing there's dancing they have little tables outside but it is just at this lady's house and they have always been super fucking welcoming. And so we have shown up with her and a couple of other of her Peace Corps friends who served, who happen to be LA based on multiple occasions. And it's just a good fucking time. And they are so mm. nice to these white assholes that are showing up invading their space. But we got to eat some jollof rice and uh, have some have some meat and it's just eat some greens. It's, it's just one of the best community experiences I've had in this town. And it was so, so fucking cool to participate in. Um, buy your buy your uh, they do little lotteries there so you'd always get some lotto tickets that's so fun uh, but yeah it was cool and then yeah they'd use that to do like little micro loans for people in the community oh. which is really neat I love that um, so yeah that shut down with COVID but I, I hope they bring it back because it, it was yeah really I'd like neat. to go I, I haven't had a chance yeah um, so yeah just just a few of those um, I mean we could list 30 more yeah there, there's a lot on. more on the list but those are some of the good ones um, worst job slash poorest you have ever been Oh God. Okay, I, 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 there's sort of two, but I'll go with the like sort of more recent one. When I first moved to LA. Oh yeah. I was like interning during the day, and the thing about being an intern, Hollywood, is they don't pay you. Yeah. Any money. Mm-hmm. Zero dollars. Correct. For the whole day. Mm-hmm. Turns out. So I also had to work, unlike most of the people I was interning with um so you're desperately like trying to get a job while doing that but also i had to work during so i work second shift i would drive as fast as i possibly could across <laughs> yep. la to venice which is not conveniently fucking located near anything no. um to abbott kinney and i worked for a uh sort of new media tech startup style company and of course those companies don't pay anything either i made ten dollars an hour jesus before taxes in la and that was in like basically the 2010s. Like, this yeah, is not yeah, no, like... this is not this is not that long ago. Yeah. Um, and so you're working like overnight shifts. Yeah, working five thirty to like two a.m. Jesus. Okay. Uh, yeah. P.M. to two a.m. and and just blink. It was like eating like chili out of a can. Yeah. And just like taking thirty minute lunch, eating my chili, sitting in my car, being like, "Well, this is the saddest. I've ever... <laughs> this is so depressing." And I couldn't do anything. Yeah. I could basically pay for gas few cans of chili and that's it in my rent totally and, and like that was like brutal yeah that was like shit sucks bro that was brutal for my fr- like my first few years in la especially like that eventually got hair better but my first few years in la like i could do nothing yeah I, like i had like 40 dollars mm-hmm. at the end of the week to spend on everything yeah, yeah. you know to what i mean it's like all of your groceries and, yeah, and gas. Yeah. It's just like, that's what you have. Yeah. Like, okay. Zach wasn't eating no Sujita back then. Oh, no. Sujita was out, out of reach at that <laughs> point. Um, so that's the poorest I've ever been functionally. I mean, like, after college, before I went to grad school, I made, like, six bucks a gap. I lived at home. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, probably the poorest I've been was as a pastor. Yeah, I lived on a $400 a month stipend. Yeah. Uh, which only worked because I also got to live in a little metal trailer, which we've talked about before. <laughs> Not the worst job I've ever had by no. any means, but definitely, like... Like, I remember a big factor in me quitting smoking 
was less the, hey, this is going to give you cancer, you stupid bitch, <laughs> and more of the, oh, I'm used to spending sub $2 for a pack mm-hmm. of cigarettes because I grew right. up in North Carolina right. where that's all we grow, <laughs> to like, oh, I can't spend 450 It was 450 back then yeah. for a pack of cigarettes, and I was like, I can't afford my Marlboros. <laughs> so like that was like the level of like... I remember being really upset once because I splurged on like a $6 sauce for something. Mm. I don't even remember what the sauce yeah. was. And I dropped it and oh, the glass no. broke That's into the jar. Yep. And I went through and I picked out the glass because I was just like, I am not sacrificing yeah. this fancy $6 jar of yeah. sauce that I like bought myself as a treat. Uh, and that was like that level. The thing about being broke, it's just like that kind of stuff can be devastating. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it emotionally hits so much harder. And I, I do think that like... While I would not compare either of our experience with poverty to like some of the things that we now know exist in the of world, course. but like, yeah, you, I think it's important that people understand just how stressful being poor is. Oh and gosh. like, yes, it really sucks that all of the people that make decisions about how we deal with poverty in this country mm-hmm. have never experienced it for even a second. Yeah. And so they just get to live in this like extremely judgmental vision of the world where people are poor because they make bad choices and not because the world is intentionally grinding them into dust. Um, it's rough out there, bro. Yeah. All right. Last question. Then we need to run through some rewards very quickly. Uh, nemesis. <laughs> this can be personal life this can be this can be professional this can be podcast it's every guest we've ever had, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah our, not not our topics our no, guests. No, no, our guests <laughs> i think every guest is my personal nemesis yeah i don't really i i will say i regret to inform you since we talked about this on pod my neighbor nemesis i have not been able to keep you can't go back once you've no, broken the thing so we have we have faded into begrudging acknowledgement of each other's existence which mm-hmm. i'm not happy about mm-hmm. but also like you can't re-put up the wall it is done i lost it's i fine. lost that battle yeah so now can... we just do the like cursory curtain nod and like shit sucks bro but you know i just gotta live with my crimes like this is the i failed i failed yeah you lost can't the go war. back uh, so as far as podcasts, I guess I'd say everyone we've ever talked about yeah, is a nemesis. Yeah, every single, the, the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Yeah, every, uh, every member of the Southern Baptist Convention, including our parents. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, uh, no, I mean, I think the one, uh, this is a funny one, but like one that I could bring up, Kevin Max, who said he'd come on our DC podcast. Talk. Of DC Talk fame. He literally said he, said he, would, said come, he would come on. Who was in our DMs, like, and then ghosted ghosted and unfollowed i will say that bums me out yeah i was just i was so excited we just talked about how important that dc talk concert was it would have been the biggest high five to my past self ever and i just yeah no sorry kevin i don't begrudge you not coming i understand why no one would ever want to come on this should never be on this never be on this i would never do that but don't say you're gonna do it and then ghost it's disappointing. I existed in the pre-Tinder era i have never had a dating account i'm not used to this kevin i'm not used to this I don't know how to deal with ghosting. <laughs> we should reach out again. That would be <laughs> so funny. Yeah, we should just become the harassing, problematic dude in the DMs. Being like, come on, Kevin. Come just on, one, just one day. Just a little second. Kevin, it's one drink. Come on. Anyways, let's get to awards, shall we? Okay. So we're, we're just going to do a few of these yeah. awards for, for episodes. Uh, the first category up for an award, most problematic episode. <laughs> This made me, I felt, I, I want to talk about a couple episodes, uh-huh. but this also made me feel a little sad. I wish we were more problematic. Yeah. I wish we elicited more pushback. I yeah. wish we, our takes weren't so perfect and good. Yeah, yeah. I wish and, all our takes weren't so right and awesome. And well-researched yeah. and thought out. Shit sucks, bro. We should, we should fly off the handle a little more. 
But we just don't say things I feel like we can't back up. Yeah, or like, we delete them in post. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, most problematic joke would be a whole other... Yeah, yeah. Most problematic deleted joke would be very funny if we kept count. I have no idea. I can't remember any of them, but there have been a handful. It's like every couple episodes, there's something we have a conversation about where I'm like, I want to say this. And Michael's like, you can't say this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it makes it in. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's the other way around, but not that often. Okay. Uh, problematic takes, I would say, our Ukraine episode with Grim. Yeah. Now, I stand by every oh, fucking yeah. word of that would podcast. Never, we are right. Never back definitely down. one of the ones that got the most pushback politically. The most DMs I've ever gotten about an episode. Yeah. The know? most people being like, I don't know if I can follow you on here. And it's like, yeah, we know. You're not on our level. Yeah. Yeah. You are uh, NATO people. But yeah, the, uh, you the, like the Ukraine is an innocent caught between two abusive cop boyfriends, I still think is the best take I've ever heard. Gr- Grim nailed it. Yeah, so good. Uh, I would say our sex episode, episode 69. So needlessly crude. Yeah, I, we just really went off the handle for that That's one. That's a good one. <laughs> I, uh, I had fun, but I'm not sure all of our listeners did. That also mm-hmm. resulted in our best review ever. Yes. Let me pull this up. Uh, this is this is a year ago. This came out right after our 60, sex episode. 69, nice. A, yes. After our episode 69. It's five-star review one year ago. I love these guys, but listening to them try to emulate the dirtbag left is like watching Elliot Roger try to skateboard. Embarrassing. <laughs> so mean. Okay, for the record, so guys, mean. it's been a year. That's still our most recent iTunes review. Go review us on iTunes. I don't love that that's the one that's there. I know this will now mean that no one will ever review us again to keep not. that there. Yeah, because they, cause they but yeah, know. I, I got to say, good burn. Solid Strong burn. Strong burn. Solid yeah. burn. Well done. It really hits my heart as someone who is always worried about being a poser. As somebody who, in my brief stand-up comedy career, had another comedian be like, yeah, I don't know, man. You just always sound like you learned the F word yesterday. Yeah. There's just like things that pierce my soul. That sentence and someone saying I'm like Elliot Roger tried to skateboard. No, one time I had a guy who was a close friend of mine who I like, until like he wasn't, but he's just like, I just see, he's told me, this is years ago, but still, that like I just had like an unsort of scrubbable innocence. That like I would God. always see yep. like kind of fresh the face. The khaki pants are imprinted on like, our God souls, damn, man. man. Come on. Come on. I'm trying to have some edge out here. <laughs> can't do it can't do we will literally never be cool that has been taken from us so tragic uh and then the only other thing i could think of is like there were a fair number of early episodes where i less than sober don't remember what i said but maybe some problematic stuff in there not really a part of my life anymore but it happened not drunk but tipsy sure tipsy enough to like be like "Hmm, yeah i don't know i don't don't, i feel like we just have good takes i mean yeah (laughs) i I will say i'm a happy drunk so like yeah i feel like i would have a much different case about yeah 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 zach, zach on like two zimas is a whole other zach. <laughs> zach is not a drinker so when he gets a little bit in him what that's why wedding zach is best zach because okay, wedding zach true. is one of the few areas where zach will get well, i'm not problematic so maybe it'd be fine yeah no you're fun you're i'm really a good fun. time i yeah. drink yeah i i i, I want to like shit on you here but no it's one of my favorite zacks is like wedding tipsy zach once in a while it's like zach's gonna have four glasses of wine at a wedding yeah that's a good thing. Don't know why. I'm smiling so big right <laughs> no, now. just fun. remembering all of the it's good fun. weddings. I wish I got so. to go to more weddings. Uh, I'm going to give it to our sex episode. I think our sex episode. Yeah. It's like, it's good just, Lord, it's the most that. off brand we've yeah. ever been. Definitely. I think something that someone could listen to. And be I, like, think, I think what's funny is like, we're more crude in real life than we are on the pod. Yeah, that's true. We tone ourselves down. Yeah. Um, but in real life, we're fairly disgusting yeah. human beings. In real life, we're, I think we're just much more comfortable being problematic because we know yeah, yeah, it's yeah. only for us and like it's never going to be heard by anyone else. So, like, we just code switch a lot. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, most, most underrated. This episode. is a good one. I thought this was interesting because I've definitely had a handful of times where I'm like, man, I really like this episode. Yeah, nobody And then like people don't it. respond to yeah. it. Uh, our Protestant work ethic. It's one really of my favorite episode. episodes. I think it's yeah. like, you know, other people have done Protestant work. Of I, it's, I wouldn't say it's like the most original, but I think it's a really good dive into mm. like the core of this like very yeah. fundamental American this thing ethos. I still feel like I live with. Yeah, yeah. You, this is you who I am. Me. Like, yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, you are definitely a guy that is constantly putting in work on something like pretty much regardless. Yeah, I'm, I, and I just, I don't think that's ever going to change. No, so no, like, I really love that wired. episode. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a really good episode and yeah, just didn't get much of a response. Uh, Sarah Archer's two-parter about think... the billionaire boyfriend romance novel. I love that episode. That is such a good series of episodes. She's a funny guest. Yeah, she's an actual published author. Yeah, she's like, a wonderful writer. She's funny. She's game. Yeah, and that's like, a funny material. And it's an insane story. Like, I for me, it's up there with like the yeah. fireproof. No, in I terms agree. Of just like fucking bonkers. Well, it's shit. like a billionaire who like cuts his own lumber and like takes care of his family and is like also somehow self-made. Like, it's an incredible thing. Yeah, I love it so much. I, it's it's got the Fifty Shades Grey thing of just mm. like, what if it was all of the things you want and none <laughs> of the actual problems? Yeah, and like. Yeah, just the idea of there being a good self-made billionaire is so funny. And then the fact that there's like seven of them, it just... Oh, yeah. It was such a good podcast and nobody fucking cared. I love that episode. Yeah. I, I uh, and I just want to say shout out, Sarah. I don't know if you're listening, but you're, you know, she's great. Yeah, yeah, she really was a good guest. We should bring her back. And you people will respect her this time. <laughs> That's right, you will appreciate Sarah. Uh, and then our Mayday Massacre episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, one of the only times I've done like a history deep yeah, dive. Yeah, that's one of the I only episodes really like that. really like that. It's a good episode. thought it was cool to like get into like the pasture, mm-hmm. like the elements of like the Christian left that were in that. And then also just telling that story that yeah. so often goes untold. I know for social, if you're coming to this from that more like sure. political socialist backward it's a little bit like yeah step one socialism made a massacre but like i don't know getting into like the actual things they said at the trial i thought it was really interesting good episode. but again it was a little off brand for the pod people didn't didn't respond uh i'm gonna give it to most underrated sarah archer yeah yeah it's a great episode it, it's two episodes it's two they're both episodes, really yeah. good uh, we spend a long time on it, and people tend to like our deeper dives. And it's funny. It's yeah. fucking funny material. And I don't know why you would like a movie and not like that one, but whatever. Yeah, people don't like books. People don't read. These fuckers don't read. That's they, why you're they podcasting. They don't read. All right. Worst episode. This one's fun. I mean, oh. episode two is such, it's obviously the worst episode. Yeah, it's the most boring. I like, have thought, I've tried, I should just delete it. Yeah, I don't let you because I, I don't agree with you, but I, I think we have to like own our sins I by leaving it up but yeah i think i think episode one is obviously super rough but there's still some yeah. like good bits there's some in funny it. bits there's there's like something there that you yeah. can see and then episode two i think a lot of people could listen to that and be like oh never mind this like, sucks it's just, just boring it's bad uh this is one's a little hard for me to say mm-hmm. and it's not mm-hmm. a diss on our guests but i think the adam jotton episode is pretty fucking awkward it just doesn't really work i think and it's because I love Adam Johnson and I love Citations Needed. It's one of my favorite vegetable pods. I think yeah. they do incredible media analysis. Adam's a great Twitter follow. And, and it only happened because he had what I consider a bad take about the sure. role of like the Christian left yeah. in leftist spaces. And I talked about it on the tweet and he hopped into the, like, uh, the comment section and be like, no. And then I was like, he was like, I can come on the podcast to talk about it. I was like, fucking great. And like, <laughs> I told him, I was like, I don't really want to have a debate. Like, like yeah. happy to have you on, really like your work, but like, I don't want to have this debate. But I, I think it just, it was the wrong lead in to having mm, him there. And yeah. I think he wanted to like state his piece more holistically. Yeah. And we weren't that interested in having that debate because I don't, I don't care what you think really. It was just like an off the cuff reaction. I think we had some fun clowning on some evangelical sure. figures early on, but it's just, 
it's the one I wish that I'd, be, I'd been like, don't come on for that. If you want to come on, come on and we'll do yeah. an episode on a different topic that's yeah. more fun. But I think he just reasonably, because I was critiquing yeah, a take yeah, of his, yeah. he came on to defend his point in a way that just like, it wasn't fun. It wasn't as fun as I wanted it to be, especially because legitimately he is one of my heroes in podcasting, yeah. and I think 99% of his takes are really good. No, I mean, um, that's great. Yeah. It just didn't work as an episode. It just, yeah, it, it, I didn't end up feeling good. Like, most of the guests we have, I'm like, man, that was a really good time. Mm. We did some really good stuff. Mm. Like, I feel really good about it, and I just didn't have that feeling after that one. Stupid. So that's one that just kind of sticks in my yeah. uh, craw because I wanted it to be It's really just it a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, and... and and just the wrong setup. But yeah. again, no judgment on Adam. Go listen to Citations Needed. It's a good podcast. That's that's on us. And then, but I think the winner for me, retroactively, is episode 11. Because episode 11, it's right after the Bernie campaign. Yeah. Oh, it's right after Bernie took Nevada. It's like a month before COVID wrecked everything. <sighs> yeah. And like, it is a moment where you're riding high on the hog and feeling mm. hope. And it is the only one that I've gone back to and felt literal physical pain. Yeah. Just revisiting. I'm just like, man, there was a real moment where this felt real and then it all evaporated in front of us and the world just got shittier from there. And it fucking sucks. Like, goddamn. I, I, I think about that moment in time, not infrequently. Yeah, it was really was. Like February 2020. Yeah. The last yeah. moment where the world felt like something might be getting better. And it just shit sucks, bro. And shit yeah, sucks, so bro. it's a good episode, but like I, it hurts me to yeah, listen yeah, to yeah. it. So I'm giving it the award for worst episode because fuck you, we're the judge jury. It's a strong pick. I don't know if you have any other thoughts. No, not on worst. All right. Uh, well, then let's do best. There's some good ones here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with what we've accomplished on this podcast. Uh, things that popped in my head, uh, Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods. Just and having music. Scott on. Scott's like, great. I can't wait to talk with him He was again. an incredible so podcast fun. guest. He was so much fun. We're definitely going to have him back. Um, it's been fun. And unlike, like, there's no smoke to Adam. But unlike Adam, we've become sort of, yeah, you know, Twitter buddies. Visuals, yeah, yeah with, with, Scott, with Scott. And that's been fun. Yeah, like, and for me personally, Night in the Woods is not just one of my favorite video games, but one of my favorite pieces of media. Something of that course. spoke to me on, like, a deeply personal level, yeah. as well as just being a really fucking fun time. And so, like... The fact that this stupid fucking podcast that like got to connect me with like one of my favorite creators and that yeah. we had such a good time going through like fucking ska music. Yeah. It's just, yeah. No, it's just, and Scott's just good people. Yeah. I he like is Scott. extremely good people. He's fun. The vibes are, are immaculate. The vibes are immaculate. He doesn't miss. Uh, shout out to Scott always. Yeah. <laughs> I love our movie episodes. Left Behind always. is maybe the most fun I've had doing it, but there's a lot of strong contenders. Um, well, we had Kelsey on for God's Not Dead. God's Not Dead, really good she, one. She really brought light Unplanned. to that one. Unplanned. Unplanned. Assassin's 33 AD. Assassin's 33 is such a good fucking movie. Yeah. Just, that's just a good movie. I would like watch oh, that yeah, in my no, own time. Still my favorite. Up there, Fireproof. 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 Unironically. Fireproof was so good. Also, unironically, the hardest time we've ever had podcasting. There were so many technical That's issues. Right. It took like an extra week just I to was, I, I wasn't audio. here. Yeah, we were recording. Ugh. I wasn't here. I was oh, like out right. of town and you were somewhere else, somewhere off in the ether. And like, it was just a fucking mess. We kept dropping the call and losing content. Ugh. But worth it because Fireproof is one of the best pieces of reactionary art ever I made. love that movie. It's so good. It, it's just like genuinely awesome uh for me personally kim's episode where we went through her experience yeah, in my childhood one. church it's a really good one is 
like probably the most meaningful, both because it, it started some small fires in my yeah. hometown, which was very <laughs> exciting. I, I got DMs about that. And I got nice. DMs from other people that ex- had bad experiences. And I got DMs from people that were extremely pissed off that we were like digging up old dirt like this. And like, wow. yeah, I had arguments with my parents about that. Wow. Episode. Like, so like it was... As somebody that spends a lot of time, you know, thinking about this stuff and revisiting that yeah. stuff, it was like the only time that those people actually engaged. Mm. And like, yeah, there, I found out some things I didn't know. I got to connect with some people I hadn't talked to in a decade. And I got to have some arguments with people that I used to respect. All your favorite things. Uh, so yeah, it was, a, it was a real good time. That's so funny. I don't know. For you? Uh, you know, I mean, I think we hit, like, for me... Unplanned. Unplanned. Probably yeah. my sort of like when I felt like we were becoming a good podcast. Yeah, I that, love one, that, that was demented in a really fun way. I also it is demented. It I is long think, enough that it also went off the rails. In a I really also fun think way. we just it was a good takedown. Like we yeah. did so much research on that one. Yeah. That we just like really took that like baby piece down piece by piece. I fucking hate that person. Oh yeah, Abby Johnson. Um, I think the first God when we did God's Not Dead. Yeah. That's just such a fun one with the three of us, and like we just nail that to the wall um we got we got multiple movies to go there are there are more in that franchise i think uh i think i want to shout out grift here i think Grift yeah. is always a fun podcast grift and grim i mean really i genuinely i do love all of our podcasts of course but grift is like a really fun one and grim is like so fucking knowledgeable yes. it's absurd and eyes wide shut was such a like oh. fun dive yeah with the three of us talk about things that are just like live in my brain oh of course yeah. and, uh, i mean it's also an eternal piece of art that helps but like it's so relevant to us. Yeah, one of interest. the only times we've talked about genuinely good things. Magic Mike and Eyes Wide Shut. I love those two fucking movies, man. Um, and, and so, like, yeah, I, I think, like... The only difference is consent. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, that's just, like, all the people that have deigned to be on our podcast and spend yeah. time with us. And totally. I've, I've, I don't know. It's, it's been a good time. I agree. All right. The final award... I don't know if we've done a good job picking ones, but the final award that needs to be decided, mm-hmm. best host. And I'm gonna add, I'm gonna add a little wrinkle here, okay? Because we are a loving podcast of mm-hmm. brotherhood and friendship. Mm-hmm. I think we should argue for the other person. So I will present my case for Zach, and I think you should present your case for me. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. All right. I think that this podcast could not exist without Zach. I think oh. Zach is very funny. Uh, I think longtime listeners know I handled most of the research yeah. on the pod and like mm. nail that down. But like, I think Zach has an incredible ability to like follow the bit and to like <laughs> just on the fly find something funny in these extremely dour topics we're often talking about and like chase it. And I just think that this would be an insufferable <laughs> listen because I genuinely think I have a problem where I get bogged down in the research. Mm-hmm. I've like, I clear, you know, we talked about it before. I, I have too many pegs on too many boards <laughs> with too much red string running through it. And I will just lose the fact that like part of dealing with these issues and needing to have some levity to like help us encounter them. And I think Zach just, this podcast would not be this podcast without Zach just here to like shuck and jive and just like bring the comedy, find the lightness in really dark moments. Uh, also, he does all the editing. So there would literally not be a podcast without Zach doing the editing. I do the research. Zach does the editing. It's a good system. Uh, you know, I agree. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only correct answer, right? Like, no, Michael. I mean, Michael, Michael does the actual podcast. He figures out what we're talking about. He's thesis. I, I think Michael is the better podcaster. I mm. think I'm just a color guy. 
But yeah, but you need the color commentator. You need the color commentator. I, well, Particularly for this. More than like sports, you need the fucking well, color commentator. I think commentator. Michael's the best host. I think you're actual podcast host, and I think I'm just a fuckboy. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you are definitely the fuckboy of the podcast. I definitely do agree with you that uh, I think the passion that runs mm-hmm. through this podcast in terms of hunting these fuckers down and mm-hmm. being angry at them mm-hmm. comes from me. I think Zach would be very happy doing a movie pod. Uh, I can talk about anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think it's funny. The last thing I kind of want to say about both of us is I think in real life, we're both kind of the same person. Yeah, very Like, we both so. do a lot of research. We both mm-hmm. actually read very deeply on a lot of topics. Totally. And I think it's very funny that I think the podcast makes one of us look more one way than the mm-hmm. other. You're both, you're just as funny and ridiculous as I am and make as many jokes in real life. And I do just as much research and deep diving as you do. yeah, yeah. But we just divided those duties for the podcast. So I come across as like the Joe Kimbo. You are him. And you come across <laughs> as the research jockey. We're both both. And I, and I come across as that like obnoxious dude right. that never gets out of the library. But we're not real. We're both those guys. Yeah. And I think that's cute. Yeah. And so Friendship. I think the, be- the best host of this podcast is both of us. Ah, uh, fuck off. Pick one, listeners. We should put up a poll. <laughs> After this episode We should drops, not do we're that. Sh- we're going to put up a poll. All right. Yeah, I, I have the Twitter password. And you, you can't control I me. keep forgetting our shitty Christian's password. Uh, that's intentional. But you control the episodes. You do that actual that's posting. True. So that's you true. can I go back and delete, too, and there's very little I can do about <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> division of labor. Um, yeah, vote for Zach, I think, is the better host. Vote for Michael. He does the work. Mm. All right, with that, that has been Shitty Christians episode 100. I hope that you enjoyed us rambling about topics of interest to us that are very tenuously connected to this podcast for an hour. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. time. Me too. I had a good time. Remembering how poor I was in the desert also made me think, I don't think I've told a lot of my, like, pastor stories and there are a lot of fucking well, pastor stories it's the time now ish yeah not right now because no. we got to get out of here but uh thank you guys so much for listening uh my name is michael Tabor. you can find me at michael Tabor on twitter zachary allard you can find me at zachary underscore allard yelling at people uh follow the pod at shitty underscore pod or follow our imposter pod that we just discovered this, this past so week at shitty exchange uh mm-hmm. it, they haven't released an episode but i hope they one day do because there's nothing i want more they literally <laughs> jacked our name they call themselves yeah, shitty yeah, christians yeah. they even had the apostrophe because of course you had to to get through anything uh but I really hope they one day release an episode because there's nothing I want more than for shitty Christians to review shitty Christians. Oh, that would God. be a really good time. I would adore that. All right. Anyways, thanks you guys so much for listening. 100 episodes deep. I really appreciate every single one of you that has taken so many hours of your life to listen to <laughs> us rail against things that uh, you know are of interest to us. Thank you guys for being a part of this. We'll see you next time. He said, tell me all your thoughts on God. Tell me
I'm on my 